0: Is that the president has no intercourse whatsoever with the rest of the country, the, uh, the world on dealing with these things? We led like Barack Obama led in the uh, corona, I mean, excuse me, in, 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 in the pandemic that occurred when we were in office. It was kept in Africa. We organized the world, we put things together.
1: So, yeah, yeah wow, you yeah, got the, the, the the mangled speaking of the old man whose brain ain't quite working right, and he used the word intercourse again in the midst of his sex scandal that was
2: quite can, can something. Stop
1: yeah, can, saying intercourse dude can we
2: can we say interchanger exchanger hey, economic do, intercourse I not, not
1: do business I never hear anybody else ever use that word because no. there are plenty of substitutes there are plenty of synonyms that are much more common you're going yes. out of your way to use the word intercourse in the midst of a sex scandal hey, economic intercourse.
2: <laughs> Well, what really strikes me about that, uh, Kroger Kroger, is uh, (laughs) the the fractured syntax. I mean, I've been listening to Joe Biden for years, decades, honestly, as an observer of our loathsome capital. And, uh, well, he was, uh, you know, he fought the stutter and, and he was known for his gaffes and stuff. He was not known for rambling nonsense oh, no, no, no. that the, goes in four directions at once.
1: The opposite. There's a reason he was on Meet the Press something like 300 times.
2: Well, he uh, was the, the chairman of
1: a number of eminent uh, Senate committees. Yeah, you get on all those shows because you're really well, well spoken and make good points. That's why they uh-huh. invite you on. And he's been, uh, you know, uh, throughout the. Because he's been around forever through the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, the aughts. Mm. He was on all those shows a gazillion times. Um but you know,
2: well anyway, his time. Man, is the bad. twenty teens are over. Yeah. So yeah, he's yeah, he's I'm telling you, Democrats, you have made a terrible mistake. You've nominated a nice old fella who cannot string together a sentence. He can't remember Ebola. Well, it's going to be pathetic.
1: I want to have time for this. I thought this was really good. I came across it in the dispatch yesterday. It's from a conservative publication and written by a conservative uh, who's worried about capitalism being destroyed by capitalists. And it is something you need to work out for. And and a lot of your great libertarians, Milton Friedman, he was really big on uh, watching out for big corporations getting too cozy with the government. They're the ones Mm -hmm. that are going to make it. You know, uh, 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 cap- doom capitalism. I'll just read a little bit from this from Erwin Stelzer. I thought it was pretty good. The coronavirus has proved that capitalism needs more than the mild medicine called reform. It needs judicious regulation if it is to, sur- to survive. Not the growth styming regulation, stymieing regulation of the Obama years, but a sensible sort of regulation. There's regulation, and there, then there's regulation, and we need the sort that will prevent capitalists from destroying. Capitalism. The survival of capitalism depend on, depends on its acceptance by a majority of people working, buying, selling, and in the end, dividing the wealth created by the system in a manner generally regarded as fair. If most people believe it is fair, it will continue. But if it isn't perceived as fair, it won't. Uh, Adam Smith, who in more or less invented capitalism, and uh, others have said through the years that uh, it's necessary to ha- for the proper functioning and acceptance of capitalism to have moral underpinnings, and those seem to have been eroded. And, and
2: it's probably worth pointing out that those who would undo the free market in favor of horrific central planning are constantly making the fairness argument. So, you know, like Joe Biden using the word intercourse... Uh, us free market types need to be extra sensitive to blatant unfairness.
1: Yeah, he uses this little example. A 19th century New York political boss who plundered New York City of somewhere between 30 and $200 million and died in jail once said, he once said, I seen my opportunities and I took them. The capitalists confronted with opportunities, these created by the CARES Act and legal took their opportunities. And he gives a couple of examples that you have heard. Shake Shack. The New York Stock Exchange listed 189-store, 8,000-employee burger chain, applied for, this is left out of the story a lot, applied for and received a $10 million loan from a fund intended for mom-and-pop stores. While mom-and-pop couldn't even get their applications processed. It was legal. Shake Shack treated each store as a separate business, average size 45 employees, and got around the rules as they were written. After a public outcry, the company returned the money. But only after a public outcry. Again, they applied for this money, knowing exactly what they were doing. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers NBA basketball team valued at around $4 billion. Its millionaire owners received almost $5 million loan. When one of the team's biggest fans, Steve Mnuchin, pronounced himself not a big fan of the loan and called it outrageous, they too handed back the cash. But once mm-hmm. again, it was, people, it was designed for... The corner bookstore that isn't staying open, but some of these companies saw an advantage and, and saw an opportunity and took it. I right. seen my opportunities and I took them. Perhaps the examples of posing the longest term. Uh, for threat, the record,
2: I seen my opportunities and screwed most of them up. But yeah, that's just me. Exactly.
1: Uh, perhaps the examples posing the longest-term threat to the capitalist system are the positions taken by the private educational institutions that are the moral exemplars of the next generation of business leaders. Two such, and there are many, Sidwell Friends School in Washington, D.C., most recently tutored to the children of Barack Obama and Bill Clinton, and Brentwood School in Los Angeles attended by two of Mnuchin's children. These institutions, with huge endowments and definitely unneedy parents, Applied for and received giant loans. Capitalists taking advantage of the system, uh, giving it a bad name, giving it a bad look, giving fuel to the people that want to attack capitalism and tear it down. You're giving fuel to the Bernie Sanders crowd when you do this as capitalists.
2: Well, the other thing that I think capitalists do wrong is, um, well, let me approach it this way. A great deal of what lefties decry about capitalism is not the free market, it's crony capitalism. It is the powerful, the economically powerful, currying favor with the government, bribing the government, et cetera, to get the rules written in their favor. That's the opposite of the free market. And what makes me insane is when you get your Bernie Sanders crowd who says the way to cure that is to give the government even more power and more size. And I ask you, when the government becomes even more powerful and omnipotent and giant than it is right now, do you think it's the common man who's going to be able to influence it? Do you think it's you, me, and your neighbor, and her, and him who are going to bend the government to our will? Or do you think maybe it's going to be even more? Uh, Only the super rich and super powerful can get the government's attention. Don't be a fool.
1: Well, this guy was writing with the idea that uh, properly used regulations that don't, you know, snuff out business, but keep people from taking advantage of the system are needed, and two, how about the moral underpinnings? Am I living in a fantasy land to believe there was a time when giant companies that didn't need the money wouldn't have applied for this? I don't actually know that. I'll take his word for it.
2: Uh, I definitely think How about the example long-term of the banks? Term ethical considerations were much more important in the past than they are now where it's chasing this quarter's profits. How about the
1: example of the banks that we now know... Uh, though we were told they were going to go first come first serve with who got their applications in, they went with the biggest companies that were going to have the biggest fees. Right. Um, where are the moral underpinnings there? But anyway, I, I think that's a really interesting argument. Capitalists have the opportunity to destroy capitalism by handing to the other side. Uh, this is what this is what capitalism is.
2: I'd also point out that uh, all of these things we're discussing have uh, redistribution of resources at their heart. You know, the government gets involved, uh, puts its thumb on the scales, tries to change things. And, you know, it could be you believe that at this point we need to because it's an economic disaster, the rest of it. But I think it's a pretty good example of how terrible government is at, at ensuring fairness when they confiscate from some uh, including the kids and grandkids and the unborn, uh, to give to others. Uh, I was It's harder than it looks.
1: I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and there were some smart people on there that understand this sort of stuff a lot better than I do, the legislation and the economics of it, saying we're going to be pulling apart this $2.3 trillion package for years and years to come. There are going to be stories about where money went and how. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I have no doubt.
2: And it will horrify you. Because, <laughs> because it's such
1: a giant amount of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And the, the the bigger the amount of money, it's like the bigger the jungle, the more uh, critters are hiding in it. And there are, some, there are serious uh, malfeasance hiding in this thing. It's just absolutely guaranteed. I mean, it would shock the conscience of, uh, you know, those capitalists with no conscience.
1: Oh, we've got to hit this story coming up next. I can't believe we haven't mentioned it yet. Ruth Bader Ginsburg back in the hospital. What?
2: Yeah. Could yep, Trump end
1: helped. up... With his third Supreme Court justice whoa, nominee of the one whoa, what, term? Just because
2: the gal goes to see the doctor, you got her in the grave? Details. That's, wait, this, this, is, this is bad journalism. Details next. I
0: broke that. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong
1: and Getty Show. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg, age 114, wow. Supreme Court Justice, is in the hospital
2: again. Uh, she's and, getting, and you've got out your, your shovel, you're, you're heaping dirt on her. Wait a minute now.
1: Poor gal's got a little bladder situation. She's getting treatment for gallbladder condition. She will hear today's case over the phone. But how are you feeling about your, if it was your 94-year-old grandmother, who's going to the hospital for the, what, fourth time in 18 months? Man, well, she's on in years. She's had cancer five times?
2: Is that right? What's the record? That's. <laughs> That's unbelievable. It really is. Uh, you know, a, a little uh, bladder discomfort, fairly common among older women, Jack, and uh, I'm sure she'll be fine and back on the bench and judging in no time. Uh, on the other hand, you know, she's old as the hills.
1: Yeah. It would be extraordinary. Um, she's 87 is her actual age, by the way. Okay. And she has a cute Chloe, 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 what, I can't say that,
2: Titus. What? I've never seen her Chloe
0: Titus, but you say it's cute okay that's fine um they're doing the live stream again. you guys want to do a do a dip in yeah what's what's today's case uh, birth control related argument over whether companies can limit contraceptive coverage oh that'll oh it's the little sisters of the poor thing is back that's right yeah let's hear it why couldn't you just have, you just have written the rule to cover
2: only those who have objections to the existing accommodation.
0: In other words, those who have these complicity-based beliefs that the little sisters have. Uh, yeah, dry as a salt here. As usual. Here, How about no the fact
1: that two that days in a row we tune in and the same person's blah 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 blah. She clearly talks too much. You awful. randomly dip in two days no. in a row. It's the but same justice. That's, I think that's is that Sotomayor? That's or? Spano, yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure. There's a Kagan. Argument, uh, it might be Anyway, you, to Zip it now and then, huh? Competing statutory obligations. Let the
2: men That's talk competing. now oh, and then. There, there you go. Justice I was Dorfisch. waiting for it. <laughs>
0: uh, General, if you just continue, I, I'd like to hear the rest of your answer.
2: So would I. <laughs> sure, Actually, I, I would. would Turn it on.
0: It off. <laughs>
1: I'm bored. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a four time cancer survivor. Those are actual facts. She's 87 years old, and she's expected to be fine, but obviously, if, well, if she, is, she ever stops being fine. Uh, Trump appointing three justices in one term would be just absolutely unheard of.
2: That would be something, wouldn't it? Oh, my God. So, listen, the uh, I hate to even return to the old COVID-19 discussion, but I've mentioned a couple of times the just utterly idiotic statements of Governor Cuomo of New York. Um you know, he of the Cuomo-sexuals and people saying he should be the, the uh, president and the rest of it. Please, listen to what he said about the question of reopening, uh, reanimating the economy, getting back to some sense of normalcy in clip 35 there, Sean.
0: How much is a human life worth? That's the real discussion. I say cost of a human life. A human life is priceless. Period.
2: And he said, just before that, he
0: said, "This is the discussion no one
2: uh, wants to have. They don't want to admit. This is a discussion of human lives versus business or money. You God, dang, how, how are you in charge of anything to be that blind to the reality? That we are trading not lives for money, but lives for lives. How many people are not getting cancer screenings and cardiac, uh, you know, stents put in and, and so-called elective surgeries that if you don't elect to have them soon enough, you croak it. How many people are not getting chronic conditions treated, can't get their drugs, the rest of it. I mean, we're directly trading. COVID lives for non-COVID lives because nobody's getting medical care. Not to mention, and we've discussed this several times, but the deaths of despair and addiction and poverty and the rest of it. You just, every life is priceless. Just priceless. Any length you have to go to to save a single life, he said, The,
0: the dumb, dumb. Well, people are falling in love with him because his contemporaries put together sentences like this. And no, say, white, and bushwhacking, horn and crocker-crocker, is going to roll away, person-cutter. The fact that he made it to the end of the sentence, roughly on the same point at which he started the <laughs> sentence on, is what a lot of people are looking for. <laughs> right. Well, and just the the greeting
2: card level sentimentality of the the utter childlike simplicity of his point of view a if we child? do no matter what it takes a life is sacred well how about the guy who who has a lump that he's so afraid of what about his life what about the 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 guy who's drinking himself to death because he can't provide for his family anymore do those lives not count in your moronic you know 6-year-old analysis no offense to 6-year-olds
1: so, we announced on the show yesterday the birth of Elon Musk and his wife's, uh, well, it's his sixth kid. I don't know how many kids it is for her. Is it, she had any others? His 32-year-old uh, yeah. pop singer girlfriend, girlfriend named Grimes? I believe it's her first. Okay, it's and, her first. And,
2: and I don't believe they're married. He's 48, she's 32. Put a ring on that thing, Elon. Uh, and they
1: named the kid capital X space, some sort of weird symbol space, A-12 uh, is the name of the kid. Have you
0: seen like the, the letters where it's like an A and an E yeah, that's smashed cymbals. together? What is yes. that? Is uh, that on my keyboard? No, I don't believe it is. Not How the am I going to
1: type the kid's name for a birthday invitation? Uh, according to USA Today, the X is the unknown variable. Unknown variable, as in like uh, algebra. Mm-hmm. Uh, the A smashed together with the E is my elven spelling of AI, love, and or artificial intelligence. And then the A-12 is a precursor to SR-17, their favorite aircraft.
2: Yes. Um, I have an explanation around here somewhere that's a bit more detailed. Uh, here it is, yeah. That um, it's uh, somebody guessed, Elon had people online guessing how to pronounce it, and he liked a tweet that guessed the name to be X-Ash Archangel. Because the at A-E thing is named Ash. And A twelve is a reference to the CIA aircraft Lockheed A twelve, which was codenamed Archangel.
1: Their favorite aircraft. It's also her favorite song. There okay. you go. Okay. Way to, way to make the kids' life miserable. Those two crazy kids. <laughs> <laughs> Everything will turn out fine. X
2: Ash Archangel, Blue Orange, uh, Northwest. Mm-hmm. Name your kid Rick or something, would you, <laughs> <please>? <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We're
0: well, starting it out. Got a dirty road. Hillary Clinton is reportedly
1: appearing at a virtual fundraising dinner for former Vice President Joe Biden later this month, and tickets cost up to fifty thousand dollars. Wow! Imagine paying to sit through that Zoom call. Hillary stuck on mute. Biden accidentally sharing his screen of a web search asking what
2: is Zoom. Actually, you know what? Yeah, I would. I'd pay to see that.
1: That's uh, that's damning. Is what that is. <laughs> yes. Yes. If you were here, Joe, we're all here in the building. Uh, the Radio
2: Ranch, uh, your home. If you were here... I'm a conscientious objector. I don't believe in buildings.
1: And you know that, boy, people are starting to flow back in. I saw some people pushing in a cart today with office equipment on it and papers. They clearly had taken their stuff home Mm. while they were sheltering in place, and people are pouring back in. Uh, Like Sean and I were just discussing, some of it is government saying, come back, some of it is just, we're done. I'm done. I'm going back.
2: You can't stop me. Mm. I've had enough, we gave you long enough, figure it out. I have no revenue, and I have a family. Yeah. Right. I have bills, I have rent, I yeah. have a
1: mortgage. I'm tired of working at home, it's not as convenient.
2: So So far, so good.
1: But if right. you were here, one of the great bakers that we have here at the radio station, people that are good at baking, Ugh. made banana nut muffins with chocolate and butterscotch in them.
2: Nice job, nut muffin. <laughs>
1: How many do you think a person should eat or could eat? I'm I'm sorry, banana nut muffins with what in them? Chocolate and butterscotch. How many flavors is enough? First of all, they're extraordinary. How many should I eat? How many could I eat? Those are two different questions. (sighs) Should is probably zero. I just had one. It's the first time I've eaten before noon in maybe six months mm because I do the restricted uh, whatever you call it. How's that working out, by the way? Uh, good.
0: Good. I I really like it. Yeah, I I really like it.
1: I'm not losing, but I'm staying where I was. I'm not gaining, and I'm eating practically whatever I want during the period that I do eat.
0: Nice. Okay. Now you I, got my attention. I like
1: that part. Um, uh, but my son was up at two thirty, so I've been up since two thirty, and um, and uh, I'm just screw it. I don't care about anything anymore. So I've, yeah, I'm eating one of these muffins. So back to your question: could and should are two different questions.
2: I think two is thoroughly defensible. Okay. During the course yeah. of the entire show. Then I'll show. get the next one during the commercial break. Wow! Well, I hadn't realized that you were granting me actual, you know, executive power <laughs> in this.
1: I just, just need a little an cover, an a little emotional, mental cover.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, I hear that. I hear I that. I think if I eat three, I'll feel hella sick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spread them out. It's an appetizer. See Ugh. how it goes. Oh, boy.
2: Hey, speaking of food, did you hear the uh, the main guy, Steve Meyer, for... um. No, I'm sorry. He's, I, I got the wrong guy's name, but he's um, the head of Tyson Foods. He said Mike, U.S. Mike hog. Tyson. Mike Tyson. Tyson.
0: I'm the head of the foods. more <laughs> than out
2: of hamburger. U.S. hog processing <laughs> capacity dropped by 50%. Mike uh, Tyson Foods. <laughs> anyway, this is uh, a real anyway, story. <laughs> hog processing capacity has dropped by 50%. Three of Tyson's six main U.S. processing facilities remain closed. Three others are operating at reduced capacity. As a, I watched a news feature. Maybe it might have been on special report with Brett Baer. They were talking about the, the beef industry and how there are really four companies that control 80% of beef yeah, processing. That's, that's BeefGate, which is
1: burbling up as a real story. So I'm,
0: there, s- I'm sorry.
1: Did you say BeefGate? So there are four companies that control most of the 80% of the processing the the ranchers are saying, look, there's plenty of cattle and everything, and there's plenty of demand, so something's going on here. The prices are way high on their end; they're making more money. I'm dying over here. Right? Um, what's going on? I, I don't know if that's actually the case. But well, listen, I understand Wendy's, some Wendy's don't have burgers. When this cannot stand in the United States of America.
2: All right, I know. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's a humiliation. Uh, but so the processor says, well, no, we can't uh, go full speed. So you got to just kill your cattle and hogs. Uh, and, and we're not going to pay a squat for them, by the way, because there's an oversupply. But at the other end, because allegedly they're at reduced capacity, hey, consumers, you're going to pay uh, twice as much as usual. And so we, the middlemen, have extremely low costs and extremely high profits. But we're working as hard as we can getting, to rectify the situation.
1: Getting back to capitalism and uh you have to have an ethical underpinning to make it work because what's their motivation to rectify that?
0: <sighs> oh
2: God. No, it's
1: got the, it. I it's leave. the
0: COVID oh, dang it.
1: What's their motivation to rectify the situation? I mean, if they can delay it by two huh. days, they make a gazillion
2: dollars. Well, and they've cut their payroll by whatever, I sure. guess. Yeah, I don't know. But it's, it's funky. And some of your beef state, uh, beef producing state senators are, are getting up in arms about it. I'm People sure want the beef. Companies will write some uh, well-placed campaign contribution checks. To see if they can slow the charge. But, yeah, we got to figure out what's going on. I show up rash- ration food. Wait, we don't ration food in America. Right. We eat until we're grotesquely obese. Yes. But it's I'm, our God-given I'm right. Working on this morning.
1: Um, Good a, man. Yeah, Absolutely. Way to go. I get as much as I want. I take a bite and decide I don't
2: like it and throw it in the trash because I'm an American. Hell, I'll throw it in the trash if I do like it. Just to prove that there's more where that came from.
1: And I show up to a Wendy's drive-thru and they say, you're going to have to go with the chicken club. We just don't have any beef. I will. I will. I don't know what I'll do. I'll where's be.
0: Where's
2: a beef? the beef? Be where's a... the beef indeed, Jack? I'll where's take, the beef indeed? I'll take indeed.
1: The flag sticker off my car and uh, feel like uh, it's
2: over. I'm not sure I'd go anti American. I'll just feel like. Like you're the, AOC or something. The good times are over.
1: Well, yeah, I can't get as much beef as I want at Wendy's. Yeah. I hope, I hope they are looking into that, though. Like, like you know, like I just said, what what's the motivation? If I'm making more money than I've ever made before with lower costs, what yeah. is driving me to to try to get caught back up so my revenue will go down?
2: <laughs> this is why even, my profit uh, will go down.
1: Right, let me let me work really hard, and try to break this problem so that <laughs> I can get my profits to go down oh. and help you out.
2: Oh, we're working on it twenty four seven. Believe me, Senator. Yes. <laughs> Oh uh, Dur what was I going to say it seemed important at them that and they're probably it. just eating beef like crazy. Even your libertarian types uh, are in favor of breaking up monopolies because they're sure. evil and they yeah. restrict the free market. Speaking of libertarian types, our good friend Tim Sandifer, Tim, the lawyer from the Goldwater Foundation, will be uh, joining us at the beginning of the next hour of the A and G show to discuss uh, uh, well, a, a number of things uh, most prominently. That thing that he's gonna discuss. Oh, are you gonna talk about the, the sixteen nineteen
1: project? Oh right that yeah, the, that's a... the New York Times launched last year to great fanfare from the progressive media. And the thesis is America was founded on slavery. That was the reason for our founding. That's why we exist. That's what we're all about is slavery. And
2: everything that's ever happened in America that's been good or productive is on the backs of slaves and was for the promotion of slavery and and the rest of it.
1: And a number of people, uh, including the very knowledgeable Tim Sandifer said, wait a second, that's just not true. And he wrote a couple of great articles that were published various places uh, explaining why that's not true. Well, this week, the Pulitzer Prize for whatever kind of reporting went to the 1619 Project for bravely stating that the United States is a racist country and always has been. So we thought we'd have Tim Sandefur back on again to point out the flaws with that. I guarantee you, and I mean guarantee, this will happen. I know it will. My kids will be taught that crap in yes. either grade
2: school, junior high, high school, or college, or all four of those. It's already being used as uh, curriculum. Well,
1: now that for it's won kids. the Pul- Pulitzer Prize. It's guaranteed
2: no. to be no. into the school system. It is so full of lies and distortions and half truths. It is. It is like something you know a political party would point would would put out. Uh, just to argue one side of the story, it's it's just absolutely terrible. And there are plenty of black historians and and authorities and thinkers who are saying this this is garbage, and yet it's been embraced as you know uh, gospel by the 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 white guilt pitching far left. Um, well, in the whole uh, you know intersectionality social justice crowd that trying desperately to grab power. Uh, anyway, so we'll talk to Tim about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm that, looking that's forward next to that. hour.
1: Sean came up with this corporate buzzword battle. It's like a bracket. It's like a March Madness bracket, but it's corporate buzzwords. Oh, I like that. Okay, uh, taking on each other, and I thought I would look a little at a little bit of this throughout the show. Yeah. Like, um, ping was up against hop on a call
2: as uh, buzzwords. Oh, okay. I got a ping, Jack. Uh, I'll be right back.
1: Can you hop on the call? Anyway, ping beat hop on a call, Ooh. and takes on lean in
0: is a buzzword,
1: which yes. beat out double click. So ping and lean in are
0: taking it. They're they're at it. Lean in. Lean in has a. They had an amazing season this year. I don't. Yeah. I think they had a, a strong freshman class or something. But yeah, they've just been playing way above their weight.
1: Lean In's hard to beat on uh, one of the other uh, sections of the bracket. We'll see how lean in does better. Uh, I really like buy in.
2: Oh, whoa! Beat, that's
1: going to be tough to beat. Buy-in beat out win-win. Yes. Pivot beat out a line.
2: <laughs> These are so good.
0: These are, a really line? Are. And it's funny how, you know. Does that align with our goals going oh, forward, oh, yeah. Joe? Yeah. Okay, yeah.
2: Uh, with a G, I was
0: like a line? No no, 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 no. Okay. Aligned. Yeah, that's good. That's a good matchup.
2: Oh,
1: Yeah. Pivot versus a line. For a first yeah.
0: round or two, I mean, yeah. You you don't you, you want to turn on your TV for that one. Pivot you won. almost wish it, it could have waited till later. Yeah, round.
1: Pivot <laughs> won, but lost to buy-in, because buy-in is huge. Buy-in, however, uh, you know, if you're looking ahead to the Sweet 16, might have to take on Circle Back. Oh! Which wow. uh, is in a battle with Deep Dive.
0: Oh, oh my gosh! Wow. That bracket is loaded. Yeah, and that had I think what was the biggest first round upset were Silo beat Optics. <laughs> I, I had Optics going deep in the tournament. <laughs> wow! Silo came out on top of that one. A we were, bracket you know, buster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: I was supr- I didn't think
2: Unpack could beat Debrief, but they did. Oh no, no! I, I, you know, I don't want to brag or anything, but I saw that coming. Boy, this first, here, listen
1: to this first round matchup. This is like when you got Oklahoma State playing Oklahoma. Some sort of weird thing where that happens, right? Uh, Close the loop, took on Loop In, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but boy. luckily Loop In uh, won and then also beat Disruption to move on to the Sweet Sixteen.
2: Boy, I not it be great when we can get back to having l- overly long meetings. With a with lot of people these words, packed into a conference room you know, people listening use, to this group. Won't that be? No, it won't. It's It'll funny be terrible. How,
1: it's funny how you're either the sort of person that picks up on, ooh, that's the hot new word and I'm going to start using it. Not ironically, like right. completely using it. And you're either that sort of person or you're, or you loathe it. Yes. There's no in between. I don't think so. Nice. I've, I've got a buddy who's super successful. He's changed jobs a bunch of times and tried different things. And wherever he lands, he's just he automatically is the is the the rock star everywhere he goes. He's so into these, and he says them all 100 percent with feeling. Wow! Just just wow. talking to him regularly on the phone. He'll throw in a an at capacity and bandwidth with and change agent, and I'll ping you on that. And I mean, just
0: our departments wow. are siloed.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he, he's good at it. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Well, speaking of corporate talk, what would it sound like if the lead singer from AC D C did a vacuum commercial? That's a real thing apparently. Okay. That among other things on the way.
1: Uh, news. Uh what's this A C D C thing you
0: were telling me about?
2: Well back after uh Bon Scott died, the uh, AC DC was looking for a new singer and Brian Johnson who got the gig and has been uh shrieking uh at the front of that band ever since. <laughs> shrieking. He, he he auditioned but he hadn't gotten a gig yet, so he kept doing uh studio work, including apparently this ad for Hoover Vacuums.
1: The new hot power would come back from Hoover. It's a beautiful
0: mover. The new compact does more than beef. It also clean. It also sweet. And rushes right to the edge. Right to the edge. Taking a bag this <laughs>
2: Wow. This is a heavy vacuum. A,
0: yes. <laughs> a beautiful mover.
2: Yeah, man. You're going to sell a lot of vacuums to 20-something men with that jingle. That vacuum is turnt. <laughs> <laughs> um, Was that you, Sean, who said it has a real, uh, kind of a real American heroes feel yeah, to it? Does. It sure does, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, so the guy who sang Thunderstruck,
2: is, the, is that guy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hell's bells and Hoover vacuums. It's
0: the doubt a you copy. your carpet. <laughs> and it swings.
2: <laughs> That's fabulous. Yeah, funny. So, uh, listen, I'm not bringing this up because it involves poop. I'm bringing it up because I find it quite interesting. From Stanford to the University of Arizona, Australia to Paris, teams of researchers are ramping up wastewater analyses to track the spread of COVID-19. Wastewater-based epidemiology, they call it. It's it's sewage monitoring. Boy, good work if you can get it. Yeah. It sounds yeah.
1: important, but... Uh...
2: With wastewater, says Mariana Mattis, who does this sort of thing, you can very quickly get a snapshot of an entire population. The closest approach to replicating the data from wastewater would be to literally test every single person in a community, then take the average of that. It's very powerful. The amount of virus. Yes?
1: Without being too gross, but we're obviously (coughs) all donating a sample.
2: We are. Daily. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Indeed. The amount of virus detected in the sewage can, in essence, mirror the timing and scale of an outbreak in ways that more uh, delayed and expensive in-person testing cannot Uh, Let's see. Wastewater early warning systems have helped catch norovirus, hepatitis A, and other diseases around the world for decades. And I either hadn't heard this or forgot it, but in Israel in 2013, a polio epidemic was detected in the sewage before any clinics had reported cases. Wow. They're just routinely testing it and checking for various diseases. Do we do that in the United States? Do we regularly
1: check? I don't Uh, know Every town's sewage?
2: I do not know that. Uh, the monitoring program set up in 1989 by the Israeli Health Department had previously detected at least four other silent episodes of polio virus before clinical cases were reported. Similarly, in Mumbai, India, researchers were able to detect polio in sewage three months before any cases were observed. Wow! And uh, let's uh, there are a couple other examples of this. In, in Australia, sewage monitoring is already in place to better understand patterns of illicit drug use. They check for cocaine, meth, and other substances to see if they're having, like, a meth explosion in Kookaburra. Similar work in France, where public utility officials sampled sewage across greater Paris, um, confirmed a rise and fall in the uh, the latest uh, COVID thingy. Uh, in the Netherlands, a research team was able to detect the virus in one city's sewage before local officials had even reported any cases of the COVID-19. So, uh, I don't know. I just found that kind of interesting. I'd forgotten about the polio thing. I mean, that's amazing. And in Israel, because, you know, polio has been wiped out more or less, people don't get inoculated for it. There's no reason to. It's not here anymore. Did we? Except if it rears its ugly head, all of a sudden they rush out and say, hey, everybody's got to get vaccinated in this area.
1: Did we Generation Xers get polio shots back in the day or not? Oh,
2: yeah. I was sitting outside with my daughter, my 20-year-old, the other day, and she said, what's that scar on your arm? That's what that one is? Well, wait a second. That's... Was that no? That's polio, isn't it? The, I don't remember. There it was, was one, like a little circle about oh, the size yeah. of a dime with a bunch of different needles.
1: Yeah, there was one big, giant, crazy one that gave you a scar for life. That might have been polio.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then it it they went oral, that uh, funky taste of stuff you put under your tongue. Um, anyway, so I don't know. You you can test your own if you wanted, but uh, these people are are doing it on a massive scale.
1: Um, looking at the text line, people really enjoyed the. Final Four bracket-style corporate buzzword battle. Mm, yep. With the various words taking on each other. Who's well, going to win between think-outside-the-box and holistic approach? I think it was in holistic approach, approach one, I think, probably newer. Think-outside-the-box well, is right. one of your older buzz phrases. Right,
2: yes. it's older. I mean, it's, it's wily, but it just it's, it's the, the, it lacks speed. Holistic approach even
1: beat unpack and went on to beat loop in. Wow! Making it to the uh, the final four, actually.
2: That's your twelve seed Cinderella story, there. Yeah. Uh, Somebody
0: you know how they did it? They took a holistic approach. There they went. Mm. Mm.
1: Uh, once again, getting to the it's like um, USC playing UCLA, win win. <laughs> took on buy in sort of thing. Yeah. Win win buy in a uh, buy in beat win win.
2: Wow! Again, I think that's a youth thing. Youth and speed. I mean, win-win is uh, it's, it's vaunted. It's like UCLA. Circle back it used to be great.
1: Circle back slipped by touch base. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, this is my favorite. I can't believe deep dive beat robust. Robust seems to be huge right now. Oh yeah. I thought robust was hot. Man, I hear robust all the time. Oh, Not no, so robust, robust now, are you? Huh? Robust response to that. Do you? Fantastic.
2: Oh, Judy, correct me. It was smallpox that left the
1: ah, scar. Polio
2: right. was that's just right. the, the oral thing. That's, yeah. right. that's, right. But that's so right. Thankfully, I didn't get the smallpox either. Armstrong and Getty.